0: the fox show um you're listening you're tuning in in your car somewhere you're watching you're wondering who are these guys you know i stumbled on christopher Walken's on the show i'm not sure is he maybe
1: This is the What The Falk Show. My name is Connor Falk and I'm just a regular guy talking about ordinary things and hopefully, hopefully an extraordinary way. I've loved movies and entertainment my entire life. It started very early, from watching Eddie Murphy and The Golden Child over and over again, to watching Top Gun too much, to watching Lethal Weapon, to watching The Labyrinth, to watching whatever VHS tape my dad had recorded from an HBO free weekend, and using that to kind of continue a love that I had for movies and film. Now I'm in Los Angeles, now I'm lucky enough to get to work in television, be it in front or behind the camera, and I thought, you know, my name's Connor Falk, why the fuck not? Should I start a podcast, you get to interview the many great people that I get to meet on set, whether it's through Twitter or actually on-set interaction from musicians the people who work in the culinary arts to athletes, people in sports to the actors, directors, producers that I get the opportunity to work with, people behind the camera, people like the camera operators, people who work in props, the art department. When I grew up in Bakersfield, California, I didn't know much about movies and film. I just knew that I loved them. Now I have the opportunity to work in there and I get to see all these different people that get to be involved and create the wonderful, great movies and televisions that us viewers like. And I think that maybe somewhere, be it in Bakersfield or the South or somewhere in the the States, there's a little kid out there, boy or girl, who's listening right now and they're thinking, wow, maybe I could do it. You know, I I don't know exactly what my role is going to be in entertainment, but maybe behind the camera, in front of the camera, in the radio or whatnot, there's many different things I can do. Maybe this gives me some kind of insight into the world of entertainment. Now... I just feel very fortunate to do this show. This week is no is no different than that. My guest this week, Kyle Hester. Kyle Hester has worked behind the camera, in front of the camera for over 25 years now. Great actor, a great producer. He has an upcoming movie, Preacher 6, he's going to go ahead and talk about. He's got a fundraiser for that beginning. He's also got a horror film coming out the chair with some very big actors in it. Rowdy Roddy Piper was one of his last films that he did. Kyle Hester is a very popular name in the world of horror acting and horror in general. And I'm really excited he took the time to come on the show. We're going to talk about his career starting in Texas. We're going to talk about kind of the motivations of what gave him the act in the, in the film bug as well. We'll go ahead and talk about Preacher 6, The Chair, this movie Desiree he's worked on. We'll also talk about Kyle actually working on Team America, the South Park movie, and what he did in terms of the props and whatnot. So this is a guy that's worked in many different facets of the entertainment industry, and for that person listening out there, wherever you are, if you want some insight, if you want some informational, some witty, some charismatic conversation to give you some insight onto this industry, that's what we're going to do today. My name's Connor Falk. This is the What the Falk Show. You're listening through iTunes, SoundCloud, or the Stitcher app. I'd like to thank my sponsor, Ferris Pizza. Ferris Pizza for the best price with the most love in it. Now I'm going to go ahead and call Kyle right now. Let's get him on the show. Thanks for listening. Hello. Hi Kyle, this is Connor Falk and you're on the What the Falk show. How's it going?
0: It's doing fantastic.
1: How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm Kyle, I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Um, As I told the viewers before, I did a little intro. Uh, You're someone who's worked behind and in front of the camera for over 25 years now. Certainly someone who has a lot of experience. And my goal of this show was to kind of provide an informational and witty interview with someone to give some insight to people around the country, around the world, into what it takes to kind of work and be successful in film and television. I think you are certainly one of those people. And Kyle, you know, I just want to start and say thank you, obviously, for being on the show. Show and, then, and then I wanted to start with how it got started. When did the acting bug hit you? Man, I tell you what,
0: I got the acting bug when I was very
2: young. I was in like the seventh grade and uh, watching a TV show called Fame. I don't know if you remember that show way yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And, uh, so I was watching this guy Leroy doing split jumps over mannequins and whatnot, going, oh shit, that looks like fun. So and that was kind of
1: it. So I uh, ended up going through performing arts high school, and, and it was so it's, it's been in there for, for as long as I can remember. Now did you, when you started with the acting, was it first the performance, or did you did you also work kind of with the theater technician on the camera, like helping with the props and getting the lighting set up? Was that something you were also interested in? I think it
2: has always been part of the curriculum for um, basically my high school and um, and also college at, at tell art so, so I've done it's like it's been part of the training so that was a, a warm up for getting on set you know in any capacity basically to get, to get myself around the camera and just like learn what it's like to make a movie
1: and be in, be in front of a camera absolutely to kind of see the process and actually how it's done now you mentioned the movie Fame and I was wondering were there any other kind of roles or television shows or movies that also kind of got you and then you thought wow this would be really cool i definitely want to go ahead and jump on that
0: yeah i would i would say that
2: um the thing that really got me like that it impacted me uh when i was younger with uh, the shining oh wow Black Nicholson.
0: okay and i think that you know just someone that could do that amazing a uh, performance
2: and and like what what makes things so
0: memorable. Yeah, that that would be it, yeah,
1: the, the Shining. know, yeah, those images are shorter in my head to this day, so. Absolutely, one of Stanley Kubrick's best projects, and then we can kind of say that maybe that might what led to the great work you've done in the horror genre. We're going to talk about your work on The Chair and Preacher 6, which you're going to go ahead and, and give us some info about later on in the episode, but I want to go ahead and ask you, you also, you know, you were in Texas until you went ahead and you said you came out for CalArts. Now, Texas has really become, like, I would think, recently, most recently, too, has become an incubator for filmmaking. A lot of people in Austin, especially, got South by Southwest. You have Wes Anderson. and the films he's made, you have the Wilson Brothers with Luke and Owen. You have uh, Matthew McConaughey, Renee Zellweger, so many different people. What is it about the state of Texas that kind of leads for good filmmaking? What's the secret?
0: Well, you know, I think it's huge. And it's got very large cities
2: in it with people, you know, you don't really think of, uh, you think of like uh, land and horses
0: and stuff. But Houston is like almost as big as Los Angeles. So okay. is Dallas. Yeah. So
2: it's like you are gonna have everything that you would have here or New York, Chicago, you know, just with a little bit of an accent. But uh so it it's training grounds for people, and the arts are really big in Texas. The so, um, you know, in, in Houston, the From the High School and Dallas has one, and and uh, there's theaters all over the place. And so it and it's of course like you know South by Southwest, Austin, you know music now and arts now. So it's uh it definitely comes out with you talked about, but uh, but you're absolutely right. Like it, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes
1: on. Um, well, and I have to think that it's actually kind of an it's an easy place to film if you think about it. You have so it's so big. You have so many wide open spaces. As you know, working as a producer, and in my experience, you know, working as associate producer, having to get permits in Los Angeles is so incredibly expensive. It's probably a lot easier to go ahead and do that in a place like Texas, where you can actually you know film in a store and not have to also pay the pay the owner of the store and the extras that come in. People might be maybe a little bit more open to kind of allowing filming in their property area, whatnot. It might just be easier.
0: Yeah.
2: Probably, it's probably true. I don't have the luxury of having that experience. I've never actually produced anything in Texas. So, um, so yeah, but you're right about the premise. Like, everybody, everyone's got to make money, yeah. you know, on, on the business. So, and it, it's just like, in L. A. you know, that's like, you know, how the city kind of... Everyone's like, got to so pay the bills.
1: Now, now like, it- got to
2: get their little piece.
1: Exactly. Now, you said you moved out here, you went to CalArts, is that correct? That's correct. Now, that's a great school. You hear of a lot of different people coming from there. Um, Allison Bree from Community, she also went to CalArts. And it's more of a, you say, a bohemian atmosphere in terms of education. Was that a bit of a culture shock from coming to Texas, to Valencia, and, working at, and being at CalArts?
0: Uh, you know what? Not for, not for
2: me. Um, basically, coming from HSTVA, I was already kind of an artistic incubator. Of being surrounded by performing artists and artists, and you know just those kinds of people. So I think that, that um, it's kind of the same mindset. So actually, it was a it was a pretty seamless kind of transition for me. But I I don't if you don't have that experience of kind of being in a creative school, then I can see how it would be a shock.
1: Absolutely, that would be a little bit harder. So you you were already pretty much ready and bred for kind of working in entertainment, be it behind or in front of the camera. So now, as of right now, twenty sixteen. From what I've read, it's been over 25 years now that you've been working in the industry. How did you start? When you got to LA, what were some of the jobs that you made money on? Behind the camera, in front of the camera, what did you do? Oh my God, I've
3: done everything. Uh, basically, I've done everything. We a camera. I'm not a DP, okay. and I've never done sound. But uh, as far as like the art department, to
2: building sets, to being a grip, to uh, PA, you, you name it, I've done just about all of all of the. Uh, Nah, I was being
1: on set. well that's so awesome because I'm kind of one of those people as well I've worked as a PA produce. I've got to AP I've worked as an AC I've got to you know many different things and then you have the in front of the camera work and would you agree that having the experience on both sides can really make it easier it makes things just a lot easier to understand I think a lot of people come out here and they want to work in the industry and, and it just looks like if they put it on a pedestal and it just looks so impossible to ever reach those goals but when, once you work as a PA or you work in the art department and then you do some acting you kind of see both sides you see that that it's a business that you don't need to get you know let it get too big in your head that you can kind of relax and just kind of do your job would you say would you give advice for people out there that are listening on in the industry that it, it is better to kind of head and work on both sides if you can absolutely yeah. absolutely
2: i would say that having the experience of both sides it's because it- in the film and television, it is a huge endeavor that takes many, many talented people to pull off. Yeah. So it's like nobody's really bigger than anybody else, and I think that that becomes the illusion that um, that can happen with certain character types, you know, in the industry. But in like the costumes are just as important as the lights, are just as important as the camera, and you have to hear them. So the sound guy has got to be amazing. And so it's like I think once you appreciate the collective that it takes to make a film, it, it's kind of humbling, humbling, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it, it, it keeps your clear that it, it's a big family
1: and it takes everybody and if yeah. so, it's like, definitely takes uh, take everyone. It's an absolutely a, a collaborative process. You know, from viewers who are at home, they just see the four people on camera and they don't know about the 50 people behind them that it takes to complete that job. Now, speaking of the people behind them, one of your first jobs, like you said, art department and you actually worked on one of the greatest comedies that I've ever seen, Team America. Now, I'm told that you worked on, on doing some of the uh, the miniatures on that. What was that experience like? Did you have any idea of how big of a, of a cultural impact that movie Movie would make. I mean, Team America. Me and my friends. We are constantly, always, no matter how old as we get, using lines from that movie and and having fun and just watching it. What was it like working on such an important film in the in the realm of comedy?
0: Well, I don't
2: think there's really no um talent things they're gonna do. Yeah. I mean, I know that you see a work Parker, South Park guys like, and I was like, oh wow, comedy. You know, and they were making third scale sets of France and uh made, like, pyramids and the desert landscape like all, on the New York street and that, that was all obviously miniature puppets are like two feet tall. Yeah. It was a it
0: was a lot of fun, like creatively to make that kind of stuff. How a how
1: would you say now that do you kind of like to use more miniatures in the films that now you're executive producing and and, um, and you're at, you're starring in as well? Do you like to go back to using kind of the more practical effects? I found personally that now CGI, it can kind of take over a film, be a little bit too much? I kind of miss those older movies with the practicality. Do you think that you kind of like to go along with that and kind of use that art department experience to kind of make it as practical as possible?
0: I think, uh, yeah, I think that having things
2: in a physical realm, there's a more visceral quality to it. Yeah. So I think as far as effects go, um, I like to use terms, digitally enhanced practical facts nice so it's so you're going for what's real I and mean, you know if you throw some blood in the air or like you know throw a weapon flying to the air or something like that you can do that digital but like I think keeping it as real as possible because it's like now I mean audiences are smart you know they're like oh look at that monster but I know he's digital so
0: that's not really scary and Thanks. I know it's supposed to be scary yeah exactly but it's like whereas if it's if it's real you can tell a difference there and it's
2: like it's like holy cow how they do
0: that yeah, yeah.
1: You, know? you actually know so, uh, you kind of buy into the story a little bit more and now next thing I wanted to ask you because you've done so many different projects working on you know worked on a Civil War film from just working on regular times of now but then you also had a starring role in the book Of Daniel, that film, and I wanted to ask you about what was it like kind of working with swords and bow and arrows and kind of that medieval costumes and things like that? Was that kind of a did it take a lot of fight training and things like that? What was the process for that film? That goes back to to
2: all of the training from everything else that I've done. Okay, so if I could like give advice to any actors out there listening, like get in class, learn how to do that. You know, go to stunt fighting class, go to choreography, like, learn how to do all that stuff, because you get on set, and all of a sudden, you know, you're dealing with, like, medieval weaponry and all this kind of stuff, you're like, whoa, what's this? It's a a hammer. Mm. (laughs) No. You you know what I mean?
3: So so I think that that all... It, it, it all
2: leads up to um, being ready to do your job,
3: so,
0: yeah.
2: which is hopefully to make whatever character that you're playing real
1: and um, believable. Absolutely. I like how you said that to get in class. If you're an actor, practice. Get in class and hone your craft. If you're working behind the camera, work on that. If, you're, you, know, if, you're, if you want to be a cinematographer, then shoot stuff with your phone randomly and practice. I think it, it's, it's too bad here in LA people wait for an opportunity, but you're going to have create creative void because it's hard to get that opportunity. So if you make one for yourself, it's going to make it easier. You have to practice. You're not going to get better Unless you train. And I think that's a great advice for anyone who's listening. If you listen to the What the Falk show right now, I'm Connor Falk. My guest is Kyle Hester, active producer, worked many different things in front and behind the camera. We're going to talk about your upcoming film, The Chair, a very anticipated horror film. It was Rowdy, uh, Roddy Piper's, one of his last films. Uh, Zach Gilligan from uh, Gremlins fame. We have Noah Hathaway, who was a Treyu in The Neverending Story. I know a lot of people listening to that remember that. And we also have you as well, obviously, in a big role in that movie. And uh, I saw the trailer, man. This movie looks pretty creepy. What can we expect from The Chair? <laughs> The right part. Uh, this It looks pretty creepy. I'm wondering what we can expect from this movie. You know, I,
0: I think it could be uh, a little cult classic, yeah. you
2: know, if it gets the exposure that it, um, that it would deserve. And yeah, Roddy Piper gave uh, an amazing performance, and uh, it was it was incredible to work with him, and uh, hey, you know, it's, it's, he definitely will be missed, so... Yeah. But um, yeah, just having all those actors in the same room, I mean, it's like, because we were all the guards together, you know, like Body mm-hmm. Piper and Noah Hathaway and Zach Dallion and um, myself, and um, Derek Damien from uh, One Life to Live. Um, we were all in the same room at the same time. And it, it's like when you're in kind of a collective of all that, like, awesome, it's, uh, it's special things are gonna happen. Yeah, so, and I think that we did that. So I hope that uh, I hope that people
1: would uh, agree when they see it. Well, was it also very satisfying the fact that you also had work behind the camera on that? That you were a producer? Did that bring another level of uh, satisfaction in terms of completing such a good project?
0: You know, um, I was like uh, I came on as an actor, and
2: um, and then I ended up producing it. So it wasn't like I'm a producer and I'm p- putting myself in a film. It was the other way around, and um, it was. Basically, Peter Semetti wasn't vibing with some of these A-type personalities that were that were producers, and you know, and I have to own everything and give me, you know, fifty billion dollars a week, and you know, I'm gonna recast everything, and you know, how that people do when they think that I this is fine am taking it over? Yeah. So, um, and Peter had already done a lot of the casting, and so he put a lot of work and energy into it, and uh, and he would ask me questions, and I would know the answers. And so he
0: said, "Well, do you want to?" produce so it. Okay, so that's
1: how that happened just kind of fell into it and then and then i'm sure it was it was great to do that and the chair from the synopsis of that from what i've read basically we have a warden of a prison who is basically torturing the um the inmates at the prison right and then we kind of have a of someone who comes into it tries to get out or whatnot. so you have kind of have the classic horror theme of that you have horrific things going on you have someone kind of thrown in the middle of it and them kind of trying to deal with that whole situation is that is that kind of a correct idea of what the synopsis is for that Yeah, I,
2: um, it, it becomes, it becomes like what's, what, what the, the, the monster is in that is like, is, and and art is what's real, and
0: what's not. Mm. And uh,
1: okay, so there's,
0: there's lots of, uh, it's a morality play.
1: If you okay, will, you know, yeah, okay, um, which makes sense and, because uh, when you're in a cell for that long by yourself, um, some of your own demons might come to mess with you. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. And I
0: think that uh, that that could
2: definitely touch on. And, um, and all of the you know, the guards weren't very nice. So but um yeah, if you if you go check out the graphic novel, uh, the chair, you can you know, find it on on Peter's Twitter site, which is at the chair horror and um you can actually see what's going happen in the film
1: okay and I will absolutely have all the links for any kind of work that you've done on your episode for this I appreciate you being on right now now the last movie before we get to Preacher 6 the one that you you are really spearheading this upcoming movie it looks awesome I've seen all the things on the Twitter and uh, these scissor reel steals. you also have this film Desiree also with Zach Galligan and uh, Noah Hathaway and yourself what can we expect from Desiree is that going to be another thriller kind of film or what's that movie going to be about uh, actually Desiree is
2: of a triumph over adversity. Oh, okay. Um, it's, a, it's a young woman's story, and um, who wants to come into the arts and, and be a singer, and, and kind of like her journey through uh, certain abuses that she has in her life, and overcoming that kind of stuff, and, and coming out on top. And so, it's, that's a, the kind of overall arc of it. Okay. But, uh, it's it's definitely pretty intense in its own right, but it's not a horror, it's not an, not an action. Um, It's like a kind
0: of a drama, you
1: know? Okay. That sounds good. So, so for the listeners who love horror, you can check out The Chair coming out soon. We'll have that link at The Chair Horror Movie. And then we'll also have, and then Desiree, which as you said, is someone trying to overcome the adversity in her life. We have a strong woman character. So any of any the listeners who are in, interested in that kind of story, you can go ahead and check that out as well. Now we're going to talk about your baby. I'll call it your baby for right now. Preacher 6. I've seen all the info on the Twitter and everything. It looks really interesting. Would I be right to say this is a drama slash revenge slash horror movie? From the sizzle reel, it looks really cool, man. Um, Just what can we expect from this movie? What's Preacher Six can be about.
0: Well, you know, I would say actually,
2: Preacher Six is more of a it's it's a grindhouse kind of action um, with some horror elements in it.
0: Okay. Um,
2: Preacher Six is I will be playing that role. And, um, and he basically comes from a small town and is, is brought into, uh, Los Angeles, where he kind of finds out why he's there and he ends up battling evil in a physical sense. And, uh, so, so there's questions of, of you know, well, what's, what's right and wrong? And, uh, you know, as, as you're watching, you know, a creature like, you know,
0: fight spiders
2: and demons and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So it's, it's pretty crazy and it's going to be a a lot of fun and there's really great dialogue, and so it's it's kind of like uh, I don't know, a little Tarantino esque okay. you know, vibe to it, but uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Well, can I ask how did you, how did you get involved with that?
2: That was a hey, let's make a movie. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that my wife is writing it, and
1: um, and basically it's it's like my uncle's got a farm. Let's make a film. Let's something really cool and fun. Yeah, that
2: uh, that do I think that people are gonna you know, like? Like, what do I want to see? Exactly.
1: You know, so yeah. that's I would rent that movie. Okay. You know, so yeah, that's that's what's happening. Well, that's so cool that you, as you said, your wife works in the industry as well. Um, she's writing the script with you for you, and um, it's got to be really satisfying to get to work with your loved ones on a project. Is that something that's been really nice as you've gotten older to go ahead and involve more people that you're close with and that you're comfortable with, and including your wife and whatnot? Has that really been a nice process? Yeah.
2: What you find out is uh, like I mean, in this crazy film world is that you end up with kind of film families. Yeah. You know, so like a lot of the people that work on The Chair and kind I of work on Preacher Sick and it's sort of like you get to know people who do their job really well, which is kind of what I was saying earlier. So each of those people is, is completely valuable in, in what they do to, to help pull something off. You know, Especially like, like a Grindhouse film that's going to have all kinds of crazy, you know, stunts and costumes and blood and, you know, so it's going to take a lot of really talented people to to pull it off.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of talented people, I believe, from what I've read on Twitter, if it's correct, Hilton Ariel Rees, who's my previous guest from Zombie with the Shotgun, is it true that you're going to go ahead and be in the film adaptation of that web series? Yeah, how did you know that? Uh, tw- we all talk, and uh, from what I've been told is that you are going to be uh, you're going to be working on uh, Zombie with a Shotgun. So we'll go ahead and, you know, yeah. this is kind of a premiere uh, note here on the show, the What the Falk show, that you're going to go ahead and be a member of that cast.
2: Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to be involved in it, and so I'm going to help uh, co-produce with him for, uh, and we're going to shoot it out here in Los Angeles, and um, so I will be also in that. And um, so it's going to be, that's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to have a, a lot of fun this summer with uh, with Zombie with a Shotgun and Preacher
1: 6. So it got got some fun stuff coming. Well, I can tell you how cool that is for me as the host of this show that I'll get to, you know, every every person I've had on this show, I go ahead and I like to promote what they've done. I also want to promote a feature film director that I recently had, Mark Polish. She has an upcoming film coming out with uh, Headlock starring Diana Argon from Glee and Andy Garcia. That's something I think you should certainly check out as well. As I'll tell people about Zombie with a Shotgun, the web series, the comic book, and the movie you're in, uh, this Chair Preacher Six, which you're going to be a part of, and what you're doing. And I wanted to have you on while you're here. It's 2016. Back in the day, you want to make a movie, you need an investor, you need money. Now we have GoFundmes, we have Indiegogos, we have these things out there, these way to campaign and have the people help you make these things. Like you said, you have this Grindhouse. Grindhouse films have a huge society and culture of people who love those films. I'm one of them. And now, if they want to contribute and be part of the project, they can by sending a dollar here, a dollar there. What's it like using social media in this new era of the you know the campaigns the Indiegogos as opposed to back in the day what's it like is it is it is it hard is it help is it is it just is it a godsend what's that been like
0: well, you know what I would say that it's, it's all of the above it's really difficult it's not
2: easy to do um, so that you really have to kind of get the fan base of that particular film
0: decided to want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. and um because it, it's not about it's
2: not a gofundme you know where i think that most people that you know do gofundmes are just like you know hey can i have some money you know whereas with like a kickstarter or indiegogo if you have if you have you, know, you get stuff you get signed stuff and t-shirts and posters and you know it's like you, so you basically that's the only time that that stuff is going to be available so yeah. if you want to be a part of you know, a film, have stuff that, like, is gonna, you're going to help make the film and, and also get cool stuff to put on your wall or, or wear the shirt or whatever, but that stuff's not going to be available down the road because it was part of the, the funding process, you yeah. know,
1: for a film, and I think that that's how people can, can be excited about being a part of something that I think that they think would be cool. Which is so cool, and it shows how far we've come in 2016, where, as you said, someone in Texas who's a fan of Grindhouse Films can actually help be a part of the creative process for the this film preacher six by sending some money by getting the perk that they're going to get they actually get to be a part of it and that's really cool for you know back in you know let's say 1990 if you lived in north carolina and they're making movies in la you don't really get to have any any way to be a part of it so i think it's pretty cool now in 2016 social media you and i for example haven't worked on a project together i find you on twitter we connect and we say hey we'd like to come on the show and talk about the industry and here we are so isn't it just pretty cool about how far we've come in social media and the way we can connect with people that we normally would never have the opportunity to do so I, absolutely yeah.
2: Absolutely, and I think that uh, it was something that kind of took me a little bit of of uh, time to get to get used to because uh, when you know Twitter was like you know first coming out and you know there no was Twitter account now we have a Twitter account what like, Twitter tweet, what are you talking about yeah developed you know? <laughs> from
0: that so like now I get it and it's like oh this is a way to reach an audience mm-hmm. so it's like you know that's how
2: we met. Was on Twitter, so I think that uh, it's come a long way, and it's like once you kind of get it that you can, you know, you can interact with the people that like are your fans and the people that like like the kind of same stuff that you do, and and I think that uh, once you get kind of that base of your your audience, and you can all kind of like help each other, and and it's like you know I like retweet other things that people have going yeah. on for themselves, and so it becomes like a, a big
1: extended family, if you will. It does. Like you said, you have your film family, and then you have, now you have your social media family, and people that also are part of the same creative, the creative ideas that you have. They want to make the same thing, so everyone helps each other out. It's really cool. It's really fun, and speaking of cool and fun, I, I really appreciate you being on the show, man. We talked about you starting in Texas, your performing arts background and education, and then you coming out here to Cal Arts and working behind the camera, in front of the camera. Anything you could do to gain industry, to gain um, sorry, experience in this industry from working on Team America, from working on the book of Daniel, and then uh, you have the chair of very popular horror movie coming out with a lot of great actors. And then we have Your Preacher 6, which to me, the idea just sounds amazing. It sounds awesome. The sizzle reel, which I'll show, I'll have the links to everything on the Twitter for this episode. It all looks really interesting. And now we're at the part of the episode where I want to go ahead and ask you my four rapid fire questions. I'd start like to do this again, where I ask my guests four random questions. You just answer it as quick as you can. Just, you know, one, one to two word answers. Just give me exactly what you can. Don't want you to think about it. And we're just going to go. You ready? Okay, first question. You could have one movie role of all time, whenever. could be the female role, the male role. doesn't matter. What movie role, if you could have it right now, you walk in, you say, hey, I'm going to be the star of this of any time, what role would you take?
0: Shining 2, Jack Nicholson's
1: role. I love it. Awesome. Okay, number two. Batman versus Superman are in a fight. Who wins? Uh,
2: You know what? I hate the fact that they fight. Um, Batman carries, like, a, a kryptonite, you know, cane with him, and that's it. Superman's done.
1: Okay. Batman wins the fight. Number three, what color lightsaber would you have if you had a lightsaber? Blue. Blue? Oh, okay. You're sticking... Okay, I thought you might go different, but you're going with the, the regular, typical... Good uh, side blue lightsaber, so you would definitely not be a Sith. You would I'm be okay. You'd, yeah, you'd be a Jedi for sure. Number I four, bad guys on TV. you don't say bad guys on TV. Uh, uh, pizza is big on the show. The sponsor of the show, Ferris Pizza, the best pizza for the best price in Bakersfield, California. Number four, the best pizza place in LA is what? You know what? Mm,
2: see, that's uh, it's tough. I, know. I, I I can't answer that
1: question. You got nothing? You have to ask me a different question. What's what's your? I, I'm,
2: I'm gonna have to try. I'm gonna have to try
1: the pizza place that you just said. Oh, you will have to try Ferris Pizza next time you're in Bakersfield, man. The Texas of California—it's a great place. Um, okay, well, if not pizza, what is the best? What's your favorite hiking spot in LA? Are you a hiker? What's your favorite place to go hiking? No,
2: you used to go. Uh, I used to go up to what's a hiking place in Hollywood, uh, where everybody goes. Right
1: R- Canyon. Runyon. Runyon. Um, and then, I, and then I, I kind of go
0: up to to like uh, Lake Hollywood. Okay.
2: So, which is a little more.
1: A little more peaceful absolutely well I would also recommend Calibero Canyon it's Tarzana here in the valley you basically just go all the way down Reseda I live in the valley so you go all the way down Reseda and it's a beautiful it's a, it's a challenging hike there's not too many people there there's not a bunch of people bugging you Run yet, Runyon's awesome but as you know it's kind of like a it's a place to go show everyone dresses up women are putting makeup on to go hiking so you know it's not taking out. I know I know yeah, it's not that seriously, but I would check out Calabari Canyon. Now, now Kyle Hester, I appreciate you being on the show right now. Preacher Six, the chair, all the great projects you're a part of. We're gonna go ahead and have the link, so anybody who wants to go ahead and um, and donate and be a part of the Preacher Six uh, collaboration, they're gonna have that opportunity. This is your chance to say goodbye to the listeners. What would you like to tell them?
2: Okay, thank you for being fans of this show, and thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. I think that it takes uh, it takes all of us to to be in the arts and and pull these things off and, and I think the, the, the audience and the fans are, are what makes it all possible so
1: so thank you all for making it all possible absolutely man and thank you and let me just ask you one last question would I be hopefully right to assume that this is maybe a top 12 experience for you on a podcast in your, in your life I
0: would say definitely I would say, I'd say we'll, go,
1: we'll go top 5 top 5 nice see I want to go top 12 just to help myself out but top 5 sounds even better so Kyle Hester I absolutely appreciate you being on the show man I look forward to uh, to promoting your work and maybe someday we with you on set who knows thanks for coming on the show man and i will uh, hopefully i'll talk to you soon Thank you. It was a pleasure being on. Thank you for having me here. You got it, man. You have a great day. So that was filmmaker Kyle Hester. Uh, from behind the camera to in front of the camera, the guy has a lot of valuable experience that can be useful for anyone who's listening right now who wants the opportunity or insight to work in the entertainment industry. As he said, you have to practice. Whether you're an actor, get class. If you're behind the camera, use your phone. There's no excuse not to shoot something. Learn how to edit. There's free programs online. There's ways to get to the place that you want to be. Try not to rely on too many people if you can. That's a, that's a tip I would give people in Los Angeles who want to be filmmakers you're gonna check out the chair it looks like an awesome horror movie there is a graphic novel like you said it's a morality play so it's not just your typical horror you don't exactly know what's real what's not i think it's certainly something's going to be enjoyable for people of the fans of the horror genre you have desiree coming out which is kind of a, a story about beating the odds about a strong woman character beating the odds and becoming successful in in a very tough time in her life we'll get some more info on that on that movie and then you have preacher six which looks like an awesome drama. You have a preacher who's going out and he's, he's fighting bad guys. He's fighting evil. Whether it's physical or metaphysical, he is taking out the trash and he's doing it in an amazing way. I've seen the sizzle reels, man. It looks really, really cool. This is Connor Falk with the What the Falk Show. You're listening to SoundCloud, iTunes, or the Stitcher app. I appreciate you listening, guys. This is a great show. I love doing it. And thank you for the opportunity to give you something to listen to each week, whether you're in traffic, you're at school, you don't want to listen to your boyfriend or girlfriend, or maybe you're just kind of being a little lazy at work. Hey, it happens to all of us. You have a wonderful evening. You have a wonderful day tomorrow. You have a wonderful day of the day after that. Next week, we'll have another guest and we'll have more conversation for you to listen to. This is Connor Falk and I appreciate you listening. Talk to you later.